This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. I remember a number of years ago, I was preaching in the city of Natchez, Mississippi. I closed the service that night on a, on a Sunday night. I'd already been there for a week. I was on my way home when I lived in Mobile, Alabama at the time. And I got to a small town and I saw a sign that and it referred me to a four-lane highway. And I thought, well, you know, this looks like the way I came over this way. And so I turned and got on it and it was getting pretty late that night. And the next thing I saw was a sign that said, New Orleans, 50 miles. I had lost my way. And then I turned the next place I came to and took, took a little road. I had no idea where I was headed, but I eventually came out in the city of Loosedale, Mississippi and found my way home. You know, we need to know the way we're going. And today we want to talk about the way. Not a way, but the way. And it has reference to Jesus who is the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 6. Please stay tuned as we discuss this subject today. I'm Billy Lambert and I'm the regular speaker on Getting to Know Your Bible. And we're so happy to have you watching today and we want you to stay tuned. Now, today on Getting to Know Your Bible, we're offering a free, and I emphasize free, Bible correspondence course. We want you to have it so you can enlarge and improve and, and strengthen your knowledge of the Bible in order that you might know more about the course and how to receive it. We want to pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'm reading now from the book of Isaiah, chapter 35, and I want to start reading in verse number 1. I'm going to be reading down to verse 8. The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it, 
the excellency of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Strengthen ye the weak knees and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful, fearful heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. Even God with a recompense, He will come and save you. And then the eyes of the blind shall be opened. The ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. And then shall the lame man leap as a heart and the tongue of the lame of the dumb sing. For in, in the wilderness shall waters break out in streams in the desert. And the parched ground shall become a pool. And the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of dragons, where each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes. Now verse 8. And a highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those the wayfaring man, though fools, shall not err therein. You know, this is one of the most beautiful readings there is in Scripture. And the background of it has reference to the triumphant song of Israel when they were coming home out of captivity. They had been in captivity now for 70 years. They longed to go back home. They were looking forward to the time that they would be delivered and they would have to pass through the desert and they would have to pass through the wilderness to get back home. But the, the, the passages that I've read to you are looking beyond the captivity of Israel, looking beyond their deliverance and their return back home. But it is a messianic message. It is a message about the new and the living way that meets every need there is in our lives. You know, in the Bible, the new life that is in Jesus Christ is often referred to as the way. For example, in Acts the 22nd chapter in verse 4, Paul said, I persecuted this way to the death. When Paul, the Apostle Paul, prior to his conversion to Christ, was known as Saul of Tarsus, and he was a persecutor of the way. You see, God's people were referred to not as the church so much as they were called just the way. And Jesus said, I am the way. John 14, 6, which meant they were followers of Christ. In Acts chapter 9 and verse 2, Paul had letters with him from, to, to if he found any that were of the way, he might bring them bound and uh, persecute them. In Acts the 16th chapter, verse 17, these men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim unto us the way of salvation. Then in Acts 18 and verse 26, they, this is 
Aquila and Priscilla, and they took Apollos aside and explained him the way of God more perfectly. Then in Acts chapter 19 and verse 23, about this time, there arose a great commotion about the way. Then in the 22nd chapter of Acts in verse 14, But this I confess to you that according to the way which they call a sect, so worship I, the God of my fathers, believing all things which were written in the law and in the prophets. So Paul was a follower of the way, meaning that it was followed Jesus Christ. Now in the passages I read to you from Isaiah in verse 8, he says, there, would, there is going to be a highway and a way, and it will be called the way of holiness. And that is talking about Jesus Christ, His way. So th this is very beautiful and so reassuring to know about the way, these, all of these things that have been said. We want to think about the way. And there is a way that leads an individual to heaven. Uh, Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, Jesus said, Enter into the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be that go in thereat, because straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leads to life, and few there be that find it. When you follow Jesus, who's referred to as the way, and you, you become a, a member of that way, that is, you're aligned with those who follow Christ, and you're the part of the way, then you are on the road that will lead you to heaven above. It's referred to as having a straight gate. That doesn't mean without crook or turn. It means that you cannot enter it without some kind of difficulty. You're not going to enter in the gate that, that, that leads to the way to heaven without uh, giving up things that would retard you along the way. Sins in your life. You can't go to heaven, as one older preacher used to say, with a, with a bale of sins in your heart. You have to give all of that up. So we need to get on what we sometimes refer to as the straight and the narrow way. Let, let me give you some facts about the way. It's a designated way. Go back to verse 8 and verse 9. A highway shall be there, and a way. It shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but, the way, but it, it shall be for, for those. The wayfaring men, though fools, shall not err therein. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And so there will not be things on this way that will retard us, that will hinder us, that will capture our souls. But it will be a way for the redeemed to walk. It's a designated way. It's referred to as the king's highway. And it's under the direction of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything about the way to heaven is under His direction. 
Think about a passage in Matthew 28, starting in verse 18, where, where Jesus said, All power, that is authority, has been given unto me. Well, who gave it to him? The Father in heaven. He did not have original authority. He had delegated authority. It had been delegated to him by the Father. He said, All authority or all power has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, te teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. You know, this refer passage in Isaiah refers to it as the way of holiness. The only way that we can be in the way and be living a life of holiness is not because of our human goodness, but because of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. When the, when the Bible says in Leviticus and in the book of, in the writings of the Apostle Peter, he talks about being holy for we are, for, for, uh, to, because God is holy. Well, the only way we can be holy is because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And it was His blood that was shed to cause us to be holy without sin. This is my blood of the New Testament, which was shed for many for the remission of sins. That's Matthew 26, verse 28. And we obtain the forgiveness of our sins, or remission of sins, as penitent believers in Jesus when we repent and are baptized, as for Acts 2, verse 38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And then we're on that highway of holiness. We are clean, and we can stay pure and clean in the blood of Jesus Christ. 1 John 1, verse 7 says, But if we walk in the light, walk where? We walk in the light. Where is the light? In the way. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. You see, so long as we're in fellowship with God, we're in fellowship with Jesus, we're in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, we're walking in the light. First John 1, 5 calls God the light. He's not a light, He is the light. God is light. All light emanates from God. In James 1.17, he's referred to as the father of lights, the source of light, the beginning of light. And so if we walk in fellowship with him who is the light, then the blood of Jesus Christ is constantly, daily cleansing us of our sins. You say, well, Brother Lambert, does that mean that you become a Christian, that, that, that you, you live a life of perfection? No. The reason that we need to, to stay in the light, that is, to follow God and follow Jesus and follow the teaching of the Holy Spirit, which are in the Bible, is so that we can have that constant daily cleansing of our sins in that precious blood. That This is a designated way. It is a way of holiness. And it's a way that we stay clean in the blood of Jesus. But if you ever get out of the light now, you, you, if you ever stop walking in the way, and some do, we need to get back in the way. You say, how do I do that? If we confess our sins, 
He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. So there's one thing we learn about the way. The way is a designated way. Now it's a plain way. In Isaiah 35 and 8, he said, The way faring man, though fool, shall not err therein. It's so plain, it's so simple. A man can't misunderstand it. Does it seem logical to you that God would give his precious son Jesus to die on a cross, that horrible death of crucifixion, and then turn around and give a plan of salvation that was so complicated, it was so confusing that a person could understand it? That just doesn't seem logical to me. Well, the fact is, this is a very plain way, easily understood way. Listen to our Lord in John 8, 32. And you, will, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, I'm aware of the fact that there are some that say you can't know truth because they believe truth is relative, and they will tell me that you have your truth, Brother Labyrinth. I have my truth. What's true to me may not be true to you, but Jesus is the truth. John 14, verse 6. Not only is he the way, he is the truth. He is the truth. And that truth is easily understood. Je Jesus did not say you're going to have to get a doctor's degree to understand the truth. He did not say you're going to have to get a dictionary down to understand the truth. Jesus said, you shall know the truth. It's so plain, so simple, so easily understood. Now let me ask you a question. What is complicated about this passage of Scripture? Genesis 1 and verse 1, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. You know, that's such a simple passage of Scripture. It just tells us that in the beginning God made everything. What is so complicated about the fact that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life, according to John 3.16? You say, well, that's pretty plain, Brother Lambert. I understand that. So that we can understand that we're to believe. That, that's plain. It's easily understood. Even small children can understand those facts. Little bit of children can't even read and write, but they can understand that. They may not comprehend it all, but they can understand it. Jesus said you can know the truth. Truth is knowable. We can understand the truth. So what is so complicated about what Jesus said about our salvation? When, after Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature in Mark 16, 15. And then in the next verse he said, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be condemned. I've had people to text me after they would hear me use that passage and they said, well, Brother Lambert, it doesn't say in the second part of it that who, who does not believe and is not baptized shall be condemned, and thus they think that that proves that, not, that they do not need to be baptized in order to be saved. Well, that would have been redundant for Jesus to have said, if you believe and are baptized, you'll be saved. 
And if you don't believe and you're not baptized, you will be lost because all one must do to be lost is just being a believer. That's what Jesus said in John the third chapter. He that believeth not is condemned already. He's condemned right now at the point of his unbelief. The point of his unbelief is, is enough to condemn his soul for all eternity. That's the reason I urge people to become believers. I want you saved. I want you to go to heaven one day. I may not meet you on this earth, but I'd like to meet you in heaven one day. Wouldn't that be a thrilling thought and a thrilling thing to happen? But how, what's complicated about that passage? In that verse read, if you believe and you're baptized, your family will get a free trip to Disney World, all expenses paid, inclu including your meals. Could you understand what it meant then? He said, well, I understand that, Brother Lambert. Well, you see, our souls are more valuable than a thousand trips to Disney World with all expenses paid. Someone rang the doorbell at the office one day. I go to the door. There stands a young woman. And I perceived that she was having a difficult time. And she said, I need $20. I need to buy gas for my car. And she began to tell me her story that she had to get away from the man with whom she was living. They were not married, and, and I think he was rather abusive, and she was trying to get to some place where she would have uh, safety. And so I said, well, just a moment, and I've never made it a practice of taking money out of my pocket in the presence of the person asking for the money. So I went back into my office. I found a $20 bill I just happened to have in my wallet. That's not always the case, but uh, that day I did. I carried it back to her. I handed her the $20, and I knew I'd never see her again. But I was more concerned about her destiny, her eternal destiny, than I was a $20 bill. And after I handed it to her, I said, Give it back to me, please. She had a rather funny look on her face, and I would have too if I'd been in her place. I'd have looked rather strange too, I suppose. I said, suppose I told you, he that believeth and is baptized would get $20. I said, what would you have to do to get the $20? She said, I'd have to believe and be baptized. I said, here's your dollar, $20. You get, you get it back. I said I, I said, I may never see you again, and I want you to think about Jesus, and I want you to think about believing in Jesus, and, and I want to think about giving your life to Christ, and he teaches us, not Billy, not the church of Christ. It's what Jesus said, that if we believe in him and we're baptized, we will be saved. That's, it's in baptism that we contact his blood and our sins are washed away. I said, may God bless you, young lady. But she, 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 it was so simple, she understood it when I put it like that. This is a plain way, but not only is it a plain way, it's a safe way. Listen to verse 9 in Isaiah 35. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast, and not, but the redeemed shall walk there. We can be in this way, and it's a place of safety. We, are, we have protection from our God in heaven. The Lord is my refuge. He is my strength. He is a very present help in time of trouble. When I am tempted... I have someone to help me if I'm walking in this way. There's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will the temptation make a way to escape it? 
You see, there's no ravenous beast there. We have a way to handle and to deal with Satan and all of his snares, all his tricks when we're walking in the way, when we're in fellowship with God, in fellowship with Jesus, in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, following the teachings of the Bible. We have help to deal with things that would obstruct us along life's way. I want to urge you to think about Jesus today. In John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. But third, he said, I am the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Without Jesus Christ, there is no going. Without Jesus, there is no knowing. And without Jesus, there is no living. The way, the truth, the life. And I want to urge you with all the love I have in my heart today to get in the way, the highway of holiness, the way that leads to heaven above. And you can do that. This is the way that God wants us to be in. This is the heavenward way. Listen to verse number 10. The ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Of course, that has reference to their coming back out of captivity. And when they came back, there was jubilation, there was joy, there was singing. They had not been able to do that now for some 70 years, but now they could. And when we start following Jesus, this way is a heavenward way. It, it will take us to heaven above. May God bless you in your search for truth. I believe there are people watching the telecast right now that are trying to find the right way with so many different ways and things being taught to us so confusing. But all you have to do is just take your Bible to search the Scripture to see if what you're being taught is true. Acts 17, verse 11. And I want to urge you to do that today. What I teach you, I want you to look in the Bible, see if Brother Lambert's telling you the truth. And with God as my witness, I want you to know the truth because that's what will free your soul from sin. And, and, and I want to urge you to get in the way as soon as you possibly can. If you've been thinking about your baptism, and, and we frequently have people to, to write us, text us, or even call us to let us know that they want to be baptized because they've been listening to what I teach from the Bible and they want to obey the Lord. If you want to do that, call us and we'll make an arrangement for someone to baptize you as soon as possible. I want to thank you for watching on today. And before we close, let me give you a very personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And right now, pick up the telephone without hesitation, without delay. And call right now for the free Bible correspondence course. Please do that. Do that right now. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you. And may the Lord keep you, is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580.
or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.